Players are recorded live in-game. Audio quality may vary. The following episode contains adult themes and simulated role-play violence. Listener discretion is advised. Sonic Realms. the rest here what if he could be valuable to us well does he have any information that would be helpful for us as much as i'm not a fan of loose ends i'm also not a fan of torture gregor stoops over and taps taz on the forehead with his gun well that all depends on little tassie here talking to us like he should who whoever said you i could i could double the pay who sent you? <laughs> <laughs> I laugh with them because I want to fit in. Oh, uh, uh, Taz, you're, you're in over your head. You're so in over your head, Taz. You don't know who we are, do you? I walk over and start placing plastic restraints on Taz. Taz's eyes are bloodshot, and the corners of his mouth are still frothy with vomit. He angrily glares at Tez, his jaw tightly clenched. Let's leave him here a moment and discuss this. Uh, if, if you guys are after the tech, I, I can take you to it. I, I, I can show you where to get more. Did someone search him? No, I didn't yet. We should check if he's got a knife at least. Good call, Hez. I go over and search Taz. Besides the Browning Ultra Power Heavy Pistol, Taz has a knife, a Rating 2 Sony Emperor Comlink, and a dose of jazz on his person. I'm gonna borrow these things for a while. What sort of information do you think he might have? What would make him useful? I don't know, it depends on making me talk for much longer. I just don't want to waste a good source. We know this is a small game, right? You guys, I say we just stick to the plan. The plan was to get in here, wipe these guys out, no loose ends. All right, if you don't think there's anything valuable that we can get from him, besides what I just took, then we can just wipe him out. Yeah, this is pretty far afield of the original mission. I don't want this coming back to haunt us later, and if he does live, then that's something that could come back at us. Yeah, at this point, what's another body? Right. I feel a cold, uncomfortable feeling come over me, and then agree. Yeah, I guess so. I look at Drager and nod. Yeah, all right. I look at the remaining bodies. It might be a good idea to see what these guys have on them. Good idea, Jeff. Yeah, we haven't looted any of these bodies, have we? And then maybe we should dump the bodies in the ocean. Leave no trace. I start walking towards the warehouse to check on the guard. I kneel down and begin to search King Lear avoiding eye contact with Taz. Draeger looks down at Taz. So, you were saying before about there being some gear someplace. Yeah. Give me an address. Yeah. Kurt, muddling his way through King Lear's partially melted body armor, glances at Taz beside him. He sees something sharp glinting in the moonlight. Yeah, there's a whole production factory. At your mom's house. Draeger! 
Taz rips out of the zip tie and clumsily swipes at Draeger's legs with his cyber arm. Draeger instinctively leaps in the air, catching a glimpse of a retractable spur Taz must have used to sever his restraints as it slices the air beneath him. I get out my weapon as fast as I can and point it at Taz. I react and pull out my gun. Draeger successfully dodges the attack, lands, and backs up while aiming at Taz. <laughs> Drager shoots Taz in the torso. Taz looks like a drooling, half-burned animal, cornered near the edge of the docks. He watches a blurry red puddle quickly growing beneath him, lacking the strength to raise his head. I blast Taz. Taz goes limp. He lies still, face down. I look back over my shoulder at the start of the ruckus. It looks like they've got it taken care of. I continue going. I shoot Taz in the head on the ground. Ah! The back of Taz's head opens up and leaks over the side of the dock. I look over at Jet and Drager. No loose ends, right? I walk up to the body angrily and kick it into the ocean. Taz's body jostles, but it's too heavy to be kicked into the ocean. What the fuck? When the body doesn't go in, I kick it again. I help Jet kick the body. Drager joins in. With their repeated kicks, Taz eventually rolls off the side of the docks and into the ocean. Yeah! <laughs> yeah, that felt, that felt good. You know, I'm starting to like these bonding we, moments. We, we just got really brutal. Really brutal. Wow, <laughs> no, we turned a corner just now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. Sploosh. <laughs> I see that the guard is still out. I look around the warehouse to see if there's anything that we need that's obvious. In the darkness, Hez sees mountains of boxes of various sizes. Nothing immediately pops out as being of value. I rejoin the group. Kurt holds King Lear's personal cred stick in his hand. I try to check how much money is on the cred stick. The cred stick is password protected. Mm. Maybe we can get it from Taz. How can we get a password from Taz? I was trying to make a joke. <laughs> Hez walks up behind them. I hand it over to Hez. Can you do this? Sure, I can give it a shot for you. Kurt thinks a moment and looks up. Should we take the van or the car? No, we should take it if we're going to go back to the chop shop, they'd be expecting it. It'll look like they've come back. Oh, that's a good call. I walk over towards the van. I search the back of the van. Kurt sees an empty van interior, ready for cargo. Trigger, why don't you give me a hand with these boxes and drones? I go to the box and try to pick it up. I get in the van and drive it over to where Trigger and Hez are. Kurt puts the van in reverse and backs up towards the end of the dock. Kurt has never driven a van, much less in reverse. He approaches the end and doesn't slow down. Drager and Hez watch the van get dangerously close to the edge before coming to an abrupt stop. Cool. All right, so let's collect all this stuff up and get out of here. I second that. Drager and Hez stand on opposite sides of the crate with the BTLs. Uh, ready? One, two, and go. <laughs> Got it. Cool. Okay. Yep. All right. That way. Ready? There. All right. Head down. All right. <sighs> Kurt, you know where the fuse box is. Why don't you go ahead and turn it on and we'll open the door for Drager. 
Won't that turn on the cameras? That's true. Let's look in the office and see if there's keys to the manual door. There's gotta be some in there. While Jet searches the office, the others continue to loot bodies. All right, so is the, bo is the boat empty now? Drager and Hez look to the boat to see the two drones. They look at each other and grin. Oh, those are coming with. I go back to the boat and try to lift up one of the drones. I help Hez out with the drones. I'll check them out and make sure that they're clean. Most likely they have something on them. I can disable it. Hez kneels in between the two drones and inspects them closely. I look for icons running silent on the drones. Two small icons pop up beneath the drone's chassis. I remove the RFID tags from the drones. Hez holds up two thin plastic looking stickers. Embedded within the stickers are golden circuitry lines leading to minuscule microprocessors the size of half a grain of salt. If we take the trackers out, will they think something's up? Whoever's watching these drones is no longer going to be interested in them once we take them. We should take the trackers out and dump one of the bodies. All right. They'll have no idea we were even here. Speaking of that, should we take out the cameras too? The cameras aren't working right now, so they're fine. They're no threat. Those cameras could stay off the whole time we're here, right? Until we turn the power back on. Why do we need to do that? Well, I suppose we don't. That's what I'm saying. We leave the power off entirely and drive out of here. Sounds like a good idea. Hez flicks the RFID chips off her fingers and watches them fall into the ocean. We should be fine now. I found a set of keys. Shiny and new. All right. Good. Why don't you go to the gate and see if any of them work in it? Hez squats next to a drone and lifts it, then proceeds to walk past Draeger, whose mouth is slightly agape. She loads the drone and returns for the second one. She puts it in the van and pushes it to the back with the box of BTLs. Do we have enough drivers? I think I took my car, didn't I? I took a motorcycle. Are you all right with leaving the motorcycle here for now? It seems like that might be traceable. That's true. We can come back and get it later once we deal with the chop shop. I feel like that's dangerous. That is a little risky. We'll have to take the motorcycle a little farther away and then leave here. We could dump the Americar in the bay. And make Drager leave his baby? Don't be crazy, Kurt. No. We don't dump my car. It's still covered in blood. Kurt, you learned how to drive in that car. Have a little respect. I look from Kurt to Drager. There's memories in that car, man. Come on. All right. I'm just talking about options. We'll have to take the motorcycle a little farther away. Jack, can you drive? Direct, no. I'm riding with Hez. We'll have to take the motorcycle and put it in a different place close to here and then get out of here. Yeah, we'll have to hide it somewhere. Let's just get the van out of here, get the motorcycle hidden, and then we'll all leave. Yeah. And Kurt, we can ride in my car and Jet and Hez can take the van. Kurt's gonna drive the van. Oh, all right. Are we sure about that? How was my driving backing up to the docks? <laughs> it, it was all right, Kurt. It was beautiful. It was great. It was great. Now you're doing well. Did anyone check the boat for anything we could use? I'll check the boat. Don't let me on that boat. I'll shoot a hole in it. I walk onto the boat and look around to see if there's anything we can use. Kurt lifts the rubber sidewalls of the pontoon, just in case anything was hidden under them. As he searches, Jet walks to the middle of the battlefield. I get to work on the bodies, throwing them into the ocean. Boat's empty, guys. Should we sink it? I watch Jet as she pushes the bodies into the water. Are you ready to go? 
Ready as I'll ever be. Uh, seriously, I don't have a knife, so I can't just like slash the bow. <laughs> I look at Drager. How about you use that knife you're always tossing around? Yeah. Here, I stabbed the boat with Kurt standing on it. I walk off the boat back onto the docks. Didn't like that Americar comment, huh? <laughs> I helped Jet throw some bodies in. After looting the bodies and pushing them into the ocean, they deposit the extra guns, ammo, knives, and drugs the orcs had into the van. Hez closes the cargo door. All right, everyone, let's meet up at the chop shop. I feel a little strange. I stare off into the distance, pensive. Before we leave, I take a look over my shoulder at Jet. Are you all right? Not really. I could use some rest. Hez notices Jet holding the side of her arm. The chameleon suit appears to be somewhat hydrophobic, but still doesn't fully hide the splotchy blood marks under Jet's hand. Do you want to sit out this next mission? I got first aid. Ooh, I got first aid too. I could use some first aid, and then maybe I could keep watch. I don't think there will be much of a fight at the chop shop, so if you want to hang back and just heal, I think that might be a good idea. Yeah, I'll heal and keep watch. Well, we could also use our first aid on you before we get there, too, to speed things up. I'm sure we're going to need to move out of there quick, and if anything bad happens, I'd hate for you to get hurt again. That's a good point. That would be great, guys. Sounds good. I'm getting in the van. Yeah. Let's go. Kurt drives the van out through the gate jet unlocked while everyone else walks to their vehicles. With all the various vehicles parked and hidden, Jet... Hez, Kurt, and Drager sit in the parked van a block away from the chop shop. Besides the occasional random pedestrian walking by, there appears to be minimal activity on the streets. The shop's entrance and bay doors are closed, but it looks like the lights are on inside. There, there, there was a lot to do there. I really understand why uh, there are crews that come behind you and clean up all this stuff for a fee yeah. instead of doing it yourself. It's, it's a lot of extra work. Yeah, it's so much logistics. It is being the cleanup guy. I begin applying first aid to myself. Jet opens a med kit and attempts to treat her arm wound. She can't reach the wound with both hands, leading to a sloppy, ineffective treatment. You guys, on second thought, I think I might be a little too hurt to do this myself. Can someone help me? Sure. Dreger walks to the back of the van with Jet, puts on rubber gloves, and lightly peels back the bullet hole in the chameleon suit. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a lot of blood. Mm. Hand me some gauze. This one's gauze, right? Yes, that's gauze. I'll need that alcohol. What do you, what, what kind? I got, a, I got a flask here. You want some whiskey? No, no, in the kit. Oh. I rummage through the kit. I put pressure on my wound while they get out the alcohol and gauze. I think, I think this is it. That's not alcohol. Drager, tell me you didn't drink the alcohol in the kit. I tightly bandage Jet and then cover it with tape so that it is secure. Careful, careful. It's really soft right there. Don't... Oh, jeez, uh. guys. Oh, I'm sorry, Jet. While Jet looks at the messy but adequate bandage covering her aching wound, Dreger returns to the front of the van. I propose that I ram open that door. We toss in a flashbang, and then we'll come in and shoot the guys that are in there. We don't know who, how many we got in there yet, do we? No, no, we don't. It might help, though, if we made a commotion that drew them into whatever room is behind that door. Well, we're driving their van, so they'll probably come out, right? Yeah. Well, we can hope. 
We can drive the van in front and beep a lot. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got an idea. So we pull up to the door. One of us stays in the van, honks, and keeps the lights on the door so they can't see inside the van. Two of us are on either side of the door. So when they open it up on the edges of the door, you can ambush them. And then we turn the lights off and hit them again with the lights and blind them. And you can shoot them from either end of the door. How's that sound? That's a good idea. Let's do it. Jet, you can be the designated honker. You want to honk? You can honk. I could honk all night. All right. Gregor creeps the van closer to the chop shop. All right. Deep breaths. Deep breaths, Jet. And remember, uh, when we give you the signal, honk that horn. What's the signal? As they slowly approach the shop, an orc steps outside. Everyone duck down, there's someone outside of the chop shop. I'm gonna check if I have anything I can hit him with right away. What about the van? (laughs) That might be a good idea, Draeger. I can distract him. There would be no reason for an elf to be in this vehicle, and we don't have the time for you to put on your orc makeup. That's true. So what should we do? Let's go ahead and let Draeger hit him. I look at a heavy pistol laying there, but realize it doesn't have a silencer. I get out my gun. Man, I hope we don't miss him. I ready my gun, and a flashbang. Kurt realizes Draeger has to drive between some narrowly parked cars to hit their target. Draeger steps on the gas and the van accelerates towards the York in front of the chop shop, who is watching a video on his comlink and wearing a pair of headphones. Is there enough room to do this? It's called threading the needle. It's a lesson I would have taught you later, but you're about to see it in action right now. Yeah, but on the sidewalk? Go for it, Draeger. The brace for impact. Game mastering and narration by... Meanwhile, in a small corner of the internet... Reviews. Please spare a review. Got some spare stars. Okay, yeah. How do I do that? Oh, gosh. Gosh, thanks. Well, first you open up your podcast browser. Uh Uh-huh. Then select the podcast. Okay. Then select reviews, or sometimes you have to press the three dots in the (sighs) corner. This is taking forever. Oh, look, a cat. I'm sorry, I gotta go. Oh, okay. Spare some stars for a review. Spare some stars for a podcast review. Yeah, but why? Well, reviewing podcasts you enjoy helps others find it and enjoy it as well. Yeah, but why should I leave a review for you? Uh, well, each episode takes many, many hours of work and attention to detail, and I I try to deliver a unique role-playing experience that I believe isn't available anywhere else. Yeah, but you don't have to do that. No. No, I suppose I don't have to, but... Isn't that another reason to support it? Yeah, but you're asking me to do something for you. I mean, it's a great free way to help keep the show alive. If everyone who listened wrote a review, wow, man, that would change things. All these strangers uniting for one cause. Yeah, but you already have reviews. I I have a modest amount, yes, but it takes thousands of reviews for any algorithms to even see you. And it would be pretty cool if this podcast were findable without scrolling to the very bottom. It just shows that people actually like the show instead of just tolerating its existence. It gives it credence, makes it appear respectable. Reviews are extremely valuable to podcasters. 
so valuable that some might even take the time to create a little whimsical story to politely beg for reviews. Yeah, but I don't find reviews valuable. I do. They're actually incredibly valuable to me, and it's totally free. Yeah, but it'll take too long for me to leave a review. You, you have time to talk about how you don't have time to leave a review? Yeah, but, 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 okay. yeah, but, yeah, uh, Reviews, please. Can you, can you spare some stars? I say, boy, you shall have to convince me to aid you. Do you listen to the show? Why, yes, yes. I quite enjoy the condensed, immersive roleplay experience and accompanying music. Why, you spin a yarn in 15 minutes that takes most other podcasts two hours to tell. Man, they don't even use customized cinematic music or sound effects beyond the occasional gunshot or other act of violence. Why, why, you once depicted immersive scenes of two chums buying mattresses and finding an apartment in the future. Well, thanks. That would actually be a, a pretty good review right there. Well, yes, but you shall have to convince me to aid you. Are, are all the hours of work and innovation and free, readily available content not enough? Well, this is time out of my day, my boy. God, why are reviews so damn difficult to acquire? Why, I would have to navigate between at least three screens, as well as select the appropriate amount of stars and pen a written review. I shall also have to click the post your review button once finished. No, no, the whole endeavor shall utterly exhaust me. Are you all right? No, my boy, no! I'm sorry, this this whole wigamajig is too complex an operation. I must be on my way. Good day, and farewell. I, I would fare a lot more well if you could just take a minute to leave a review. I said good day. <sighs> Stars, reviews, please review the podcast, please. Whoa! I listen to your show, and I shall write you a five-star review. Seriously? Wow, thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, it is my pleasure and honor to help. Gosh, wow, thank you. You know, these kind words and show of support really help with the drudgery of editing the same audio for hours and hours. It's good to know that people out there are actually enjoying it. Otherwise, it's like I'm in a dark room obsessing over details and never knowing if people are actually enjoying what I'm doing. There, it is done. You have been granted a five-star review. Ah, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now I must return to the heroic realm from whence I came. Wait, wait. Take me with you. I I want to go to the heroic realm. No. Your place is here, in the Sonic Realms. You must forge your own heroic path here. Well, before you go, tell me, what's it like in the heroic realm? We do nothing but leave reviews for podcasts we enjoy. That's it? Leaving podcast reviews? Yes, that is all that is required to be a hero. I've left reviews for podcasts. Am I a hero? Yes. Writing podcast reviews makes you a goddamn hero. Well, what about firefighters and, and, uh, 
data recovery specialists. Look, you ask too many damn questions. Don't make me drop you down to a four star. Well, okay, 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 okay. You have the power to decide my fate. You're a hero, you're a hero. Damn right. Did, did anyone else see that? No? That, that He-Man looking guy floating in on a beam of rainbow light with a halo of stars around his blonde bowl haircut? What are you talking about? That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense and wouldn't happen in real life. Illogical, one star, one star, one star. What? Oh, fuck. Cat, do you even, do you even know what a review is? Meow once for yes. Oh, you're, you're, you're getting out a miniature cell phone. You're putting on little spectacles. Whoa, you're, you're leaving a review. You're actually leaving a review. Well, things have ceased to make any sense anymore, but at least the show got a few more reviews. Don't be fooled. The reviews depicted didn't actually happen. The Sonic Realms review board has been barren for months. Won't you please be the one to blast those cyber cobwebs to hell and leave a review? Game mastering and narration by Paul Greenleaf. Drager is played by Marcus Freeman. Jatangeline is played by Mackenzie Paulus. Kurt is played by Chris Tommaso. Is played by Torvald Tempestus. Additional voices by Izzy Aola. Special thanks to Taylor Briggs. Arrangement, original music, and production by Paul Greenleaf. For more story, character details, production notes, and how to support Sonic Realms, please visit sonicrealmspodcast.com. To learn more about the world of Shadowrun, visit shadowrun.com and shadowruntabletop.com. The Tops Company, Inc. has sole ownership of the names, logo, artwork, marks, photographs, sounds, audio, video, and or any proprietary material used in connection with the game Shadowrun. The Tops Company, Inc. has granted permission to Sonic Realms to use such names, logos, artwork, marks, and or any proprietary materials for promotional and informational purposes on its website, but does not endorse and is not affiliated with Sonic Realms in any official capacity whatsoever. All other works mentioned in the podcast are the property of their respective owners. Original content of the Sonic Realms podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 unported and share-like license. If you use any part of the show, please credit Sonic Realms. And hey, thanks for listening. We do nothing but leave reviews for podcasts we enjoy. Writing podcast reviews makes you a goddamn hero. That's it?